Ed Graney has been a journalist for over 30 years. He's seen a lot of and been given a lot of free stuff. Oh, brother. All right, back to show and tell. Whether it was scurvy or a padre eating a Snickers bar. Why don't you bring this potato? You're always trying to give me potatoes. What is it with you? Ed Graney is here to show and tell. Ed is out at training camp for the Raiders. Uh, Ed, where, what are you at right now? What are you watching? Uh, they've split into team drills. Uh, Derek Carr just ran into the uh, uh, tent where they have the uh, temperature at about 6 degrees, so he's cooling off. Oh. Um, they're kind of like spread out over three fields. Doing some teamwork, Tyler. Uh, I've been doing my research out here for you this morning, walking in the heat. How does you know what? But, you know, I'm, I'm here for the show, <laughs> so I'm here to give you the up-to-date numbers on uh, what you are really interested in. Hold on, hold on. Before we get to the stopwatch, I forgot about their little uh, cold chamber over there. You're yes, still not yes. allowed to go in the cold chamber, right? The media? Yeah. We're not allowed within a half a mile of that thing. <laughs> we we can stand in the, in the doorway to the weight facility where there's air conditioning, and that's really the only place we can go that might not be 100 degrees. But no, we're not even near. We used to be able to be on the grass. And they've taken us off the grass onto the pavement. So it's a, it's a good feeling out here. I look forward to the day when COVID is no longer controlling uh, the way the media is allowed to interact with sports teams so that you guys can force Cassie Soda to do a story from inside the six-degree chamber. Oh, that would be awesome. That, I, we'll, we'll put her in there. You know, she's she's not out here today. Uh, she's out here yesterday. The Queen of Summerlin has graced us with her presence. I think she's back tomorrow. So uh, we won't have her to give a hard time to today. <laughs> All right, what do you got for us? Right. What's the stopwatch? Tell I did, us. Listen, I told you yesterday I was going to do some high-level reporting uh, and compare um, John Brown to uh, Henry Ruggs, right? Uh, so we got the smoker and the Ruggser, and I, I, I did a lot of categories <laughs> here, and I ultimately will come up with the winner, but I wanted you to get a good sense about what's happening out here. So the first thing I time the mom is really important. It's the toss of the football back to car when they're warming up. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Smoker did that in 1.1 second. Now, Ruggser did 1.22, but I want to tell you, I want to qualify this. He did it underhand. So I can't really say uh, Smoker was better in that sense, but he was faster. <laughs> Next thing I saw them do was a little jet sweep where they weren't involved, but they came across in motion. Smoker, 1.2 seconds. Uh, Ruggs, 1.39. Ruggs are slowing down. Oh, it's oh, bad. It's oh. bad. Then we had... What I consider a really, really important thing here, they were on the sidelines, and they both chose to not run or jog to the tuttle. They strolled. But again, Smoker was faster. He strolled over in 18.2. Ruggs was sitting behind him in 20 21.92. I'm hoping this isn't Ruggs uh, with a big ego and thinking he can just walk around this place <laughs> and go slower than the guy. Um, then we've got. Then they actually threw balls to them. <laughs> And they're more like quick outs. They haven't like run any go patterns or posted. So I'm really bummed that. But on the kind of the quick quick out, we had the smoker at four two two, rugs are at a four seven six. So yet again, the vet is coming through. Now a few more here, which I think you know, <laughs> kind of does tiebreakers. After an hour of whatever they do, they stretch an hour into practice, right? And I don't know why they take an hour, but that's what they do. The important part I thought here was the skip, jump, and run. So after they kind of stretch their muscles, they do a little skip, jump, and run like the 20-yard line. Smoker, 11.12. Ruggser, 9.3. He bounced back, he skipped, and he ran, and he jumped faster in the stretch period. But at the end of the day, the only thing that really matters, and the, the tiebreaker goes to the smoker, 
when they're about to do certain drills, they take their helmets off and they have these skull caps that you put over the helmet to reduce impact for concussions. Before they put them on, though, they walk over to a huge, huge jug of ice water to put them in there to cool them off. Smoker only needed two dips. Rug sat there and dipped his six times. <laughs> so I'm thinking the vet is, is far ahead in this, in, in this, in this uh, competition we have. He's faster. He's more, you know, he's giddy up to the to strolling around as faster. And when he only dipped that thing two times, he, he gave me a little more toughness than the rugs are. So, but there's my big time reporting for the day. And I'm going to put uh, Smoker <laughs> ahead in the, uh, in the competition so far. And to uh, <laughs> totally insult the rest of your career, this is the greatest reporting you have ever done. You just gave us stopwatch times of how long it took them to toss a football back to Derek Carr, go in in motion on a jet sweep, uh, stroll off the field, run a quick out, a skip, jump, and run stretch, and how many times they dipped their helmets or skull caps into ice water. Their skull caps, yeah. And, 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 and see, you can tell the smoker's a veteran because he comes over and dips it twice. Ruggs almost looked like he didn't know what ice water was because <laughs> he kind of stared down at it. And everyone else was just dipping there, and he kind of held on to his. And I, I, I wanted to yell, Henry, dip it, dip it. You're falling behind? Because it was like five feet from him when he was doing it. And he kept staring at the water. I'm like, does this guy realize he just dipped this thing? And he kind of put it in slowly, but then he did it six times. I don't even know if he wrung it out. He might have just put it on his head. Uh, when everyone else is kind of on the side ringing theirs out, so maybe this is just new. Maybe maybe at Alabama they they, they don't have enough money for skull caps, and this guy hasn't done this in his career. <laughs> <laughs> well, so so the smoker gets the advantage today. Uh, we'll we'll come back we'll come back on Saturday for a Monday report on uh, on defensive linemen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, did I gotta ask? Did you see anything with Kenyon Drake? Like, did you? Is he limping? Is he like what? Did no, you see anything? Nothing, but uh, he's doing nothing. But he'll be back Friday. The only guys who are completely not here are Richie Incognito. We're expecting that to be a Kawhi Leonard maintenance day because of his injuries. And I don't think Richie Incognito really needs to go through drills. He probably knows what he's doing. Yeah, just... And then safety, uh, Tyree Gillespie. I don't have no idea why he's not here. Um, I will tell you this. Uh, I'm not going to say who it was. I'm not going to throw him out there. But <laughs> Adam Hill and I were standing by the skull cap. Uh, 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 pool, which I don't know why we were interested in that, but one of the players walked over. I wouldn't even tell you the wide receiver, but it was pretty funny. And he looks around and he goes, hey, someone get me a mask so they don't find me 50 grand at this place. <laughs> <laughs> That's the quote. I'll be using that in the Review Journal Rail as quote of the day. <laughs> okay. Uh, How... How serious? How much of a concern is it that Theo Riddick and Jalen Richard are not there for two straight days? I, I mean, I think Richard is is a, I mean, he's a concern, and also we know what he tweeted, so I don't think we're going out on a limb here, giving it knowing you know what happened with him in terms of COVID. Uh, I don't. I know. I'll tell you what. I know the head coach is unhappy about it, just on kind of what he's kind of intimated to beat writers over the last twenty four hours. He's not happy at all. There's certain emojis I've seen to where it's not a smiley face. So uh, the head coach is not happy with those two guys. Uh, certain emojis I didn't know existed. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're missing time. And, you know, Jacob's out here again with a mask, so draw your own conclusions to that. Uh, he has had a mask on the entire time when he doesn't have his helmet on. And those two other guys aren't doing anything. So whether they're close contact, whether they tested positive, whether they – whatever it is, um, they're missing time that I think – 
especially those two guys, especially with Kenyon Drake now and, and Jacobs, is probably not time you want to miss. I saw Tashawn Reed tweeted, there's two running backs out there that nobody knows who they are. Well, maybe I should have researched those guys today. <laughs> no. How many times they, <laughs> no. they dip their skull caps? No, absolutely not. No, you 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 stick with the stories that the people care about. You, absolutely. And by the way, uh, I, I do think if we're going uh, one slight correction, if we're going for hockey names, I think it's got to be Rugsy. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's got to be Smoker I, and Rugsy. Smokey, Smoking the Bandits. Like I thought Smoker was bad afterwards, but I, I, you know, it was. On, I'm, I'm on deadline. It's stressful. You guys put me in a, a big type of stress here at deadline. Oh so I had to come up with something, but I do think you got to go Rugsy. Rugsy sounds stupid. That's a bad on me. And uh, although, again, when it comes time to enter awards, as Tyler said, I'll be sending in my research from today's practice and uh, <laughs> maybe uh, overcoming everyone else. Do you, oh no, Ed! Ed, this this isn't just like a Nevada Press Association thing. This is an APSC <laughs> award. Like this is unbelievable work you've done. I, I so want to because it's all scribbled out on a notepad. I so want to just say, just enter this into APSC. Just just send this thing in. Don't worry about any of the columns. Send in my updates on the on the skull dunks. Ed, the Pulitzer for sports journalism. Yes. <laughs> for the deadline reporting. All right. uh, no, it's it's they're not. Uh, like I said, they're doing team stuff now. They don't. It's like Gruden said. The only time they're hitting, the only time they'll really hit, is the Rams scrimmage when they go up to LA in two weeks or one, one week. Whenever they go up there, um, they won't hit any other times. And, and it's funny, we were talking about that. You know, fifteen, ten, fifteen years ago, they're probably all out hitting and tackling. But you come out to it now, man, and they just—it's all skill work. It's all drills. There's no hitting. Uh, you know, in drills they kind of have some contact, but there's just there's no sense of contact out here. They are so. I think afraid of anyone really getting hurt, and I'm sure it's that way at most camps. Ed, we're we're not doing better than what you've done today. You know that, right? <laughs> Wait, hold on, it's Thursday. Oh, tell Starkus I outdid him today. You did. You absolutely <laughs> did. Starkus has. A, I don't even know a... what Starkus is doing today, but there's no way he uh, he came up with the, that reporting. No, no chance. It's it's the best you've ever done. Um, <laughs> we... What does that really say for me, though? <laughs> <laughs> it's phenomenal. All right. Get out of here. We'll see you tomorrow, All right, Ed. buddy. All right. We'll see you. Take care. Bye. Ed went so far above and beyond. I am. It's it's unbelievable that he did this. I just wanted a timer just to jokingly say one of them is faster than the other. But we got him timing out their stroll and how long it takes him to throw the football back to Carr. Excellent work by Ed Graney. I, it could not I, have been an, a, any better of a segment. Do I have to? Do I have to wonder? If the added weight, that 13 pounds that Henry Ruggs put oh, on, do you think that's what slowed him down? Oh, it did. That's the reports. Henry Ruggs has put on weight. My favorite offseason report is either somebody has put on weight or they've taken weight off. Ruggs has added 13 pounds. You're right. That is a good point. He is too slow now. That's, wow. I can't believe this season's already over. My favorite offseason report is always the 38-year-old veteran going, I'm in the best shape of my life. It's like, that is not possible. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's really not. Although Zay Jones is still the best conditioned athlete on the team. That is true. Wait, what? How old is Zay Jones? Not thirty-eight. I, I guess the key is well, John Gruden didn't say he's in the best shape of his life. Just that he's the best conditioned on the team, which he might not even be in good he's shape. Twenty-six. Yeah. Oh, he feels like he's been in the league for a long time. Don't yeah, be twenty-six. He really does. Uh, and by the way. Just to add a little bit of sauce to Ed Graney's report, I have had my Twitter feed scrolling here for a while with training camp reports from all over the country, which are just 
painful. Beat writers who otherwise tweet insightful, breaking news, talking about how a guy is standing on the sideline. They all, they all would be well served to listen to this segment and understand what true training camp reporting looks like. Okay, to, to get inside a little bit of the reporting part of this, do you think it's just because, because this happens in, in like all of our sports, preseason happens and all of a sudden we get people who cover the team tweeting out just inconsequential stuff. Do you think it's because it's the first time, like there was an off season, they haven't had anything. So, uh oh, somebody ran a drill quickly. Like why, why do reporters do that every off season in every sport? Because their access has been so limited by teams to training camp and spring training, et cetera, et cetera, that they feel the need to justify having been there in the first place. And and yeah, maybe they get an interview here and there. But now that it's been turned to Zoom interviews in so many cases and there's less in-person availability, it's even worse. Because I remember back in the days that I used to cover the Arizona Cardinals when they had training camp in Flagstaff. We could be standing there on the sidelines for the entire practice. They never kicked us out for a second. I didn't learn anything that that, uh, that damaged their chances of winning that year. I got to be there the entire time. And then as the team was walking back from the practice fields all the way across back to the dome where their locker rooms were, you could basically just pick off any player you wanted from the entire roster on your way back over coaching staff, anybody you wanted to talk to. The only one who was off limits was uh, Jake Plummer, the quarterback who only had a couple of avails a week. So this, the situation that these guys are in yet, yeah, it's all they get to see. They get to see 10 minutes of practice and they got to tell everybody all about it. I did not think we were going to get a Jake Plummer mention on the show today. Good job. Anytime, buddy. Anytime. Right. I'm here for you. Coming up next. We take a trip inside Bischoff's briefs. Bischoff's briefs. We we take a lot of pride in being very analytical here. Um, we use a lot of statistical data, tendencies. Bischoff's briefs. Got a lot of respect for the percentages of blitz on second and one to six, third and five to ten. Bischoff's briefs. We take analytics as far as we can, but at the end of the day, there's still a lot of human error that I continually make. Bischoff's briefs. I don't believe any of those statistics. I think it's all hogwash. Adam, what do you know about fake digital horse racing? I know as much as I've learned in the last six minutes of commercial time as I have Googled fake digital horse racing. Oh, what did you and find out? Now I'm an expert. I, I'm curious. What did you find out? Uh, I found out that I'm unfortunately going to have to learn something about cryptocurrency, um, <laughs> that I am going to have to talk about NFTs and other ways in which otherwise sane people lose their money. Oh, it's great. All right. So NFTs in general seem kind of dumb because you don't own it because it's digital, but these NFTs are great because you can race them against each other for money. Okay, uh, I, I'm not. I'm not in any way convinced. Make your case. So, uh, me and four friends, we own a stable of horses at. Stop Zed. right there! Whoa, 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 what? whoa! Stop right, right there! No way you have four friends. Yeah, that was, that's what Jared says too. But uh, we can call them business associates if that. Makes okay, you guys, better. If that better. Makes I can more do realistic that. Realistic for you. They're, All right. They're people that he is slightly less mean to. Yeah. 
No, no, meaner to them. Yeah, more actually, than that's likely. yeah, that's yeah. Uh, He's so, nice to strangers. So me and four uh, business associates, we own a stable of horses at Zed dot Run. Uh, we have what's our total number at the moment? I think we're at twenty one horses, twenty two horses at the moment, something like that. Um, we bought together. We bought our first horse for nine hundred dollars. Uh, in real money. I'm sorry, how much? You spent $900 on a fake horse? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, it gets much better here. Yes, we spent $900 on a fake horse. Uh, this horse was not very good, but at one point we pulled off a trade, sent our horse away, plus some cash, and we got three horses back in return. And now we've put more money into it since that $900. We're up to 21 horses is the number. Um, but you can breed these horses. You can race these horses. You can sell these horses. You can trade these horses. Our $900, Adam, we are now up to a positive, a net gain of $3,743. How much time have you put in to get to that gain? Quite a lot. And it's the be- it's the best use of my time I could think of. It is not, but it I- is. I- 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 how do you still how how do you still have a girlfriend? Oh, she's busy i don't know irrelevant not important i've got the fake horses the fake horses are um it's it's unbelievable i cannot explain to you how great this is so like every month so we have 21 horses i want to say 14 of them are fillies uh every month you can breed your fillies one time you get a new baby and then you can sell it you can race you can do whatever you want with it and we have done a very good job of selling most of our new baby horses every month to make money um and i will tell you this uh, you'll like this. We got an offer for one of our horses yesterday of $1,400, and we turned it down. Because? Because she's worth more than $1,400 to us. Uh, she a she is a collection of zeros and ones that you do not actually own. How is she worth more than $1,400? Because she has uh, produced multiple other baby horses that are worth at least $1,000. Like, our three best racing horses are her and her two babies, two of her babies. And right now, if we wanted to sell her just her two babies, they would both go for over $1,000. I hope Area 51 is real. I hope that <laughs> there is a superior race out there, some extraterrestrial life that is going to come down and relieve us of what we've turned into. Why uh, is this bad? This is great. How is it? It's great. Now, is it great because you've made money, or is it great because you believe you have friends? Uh, no, it's great because in the same way that like fantasy football is great and you kind of get to be like, hey, I'm my own GM and I'm going to build a team that's good. It's like that type of great. And we've made money off of it. Huh. Okay. Um, now, uh, when was when, when is your next race? Uh, can I attend? Oh, I'd have to get our schedule. I don't know that we have any scheduled at the moment. I can send you an old race that you can watch. You can watch them in 3D if you would like. Um, we don't have any scheduled at the moment. We had to, we raced one horse yesterday, 13 times. That's the other fun part about this. They don't get tired yet. So you can just race them over and over and over. So yeah, we raced, uh, our horse yesterday, we raced is named high card. Uh, she got a win yesterday. Oh, here's the other. Oh, you'll like this. There's a class system that deter like think like uh, divisions in high school sports where the bigger schools play against each other and the smaller schools play against each other. There's five classes to try to keep good horses in one class and bad horses at the bottom. Well, in the game to move up in class, you get points if you win the race, but you also lose points if you come in the bottom four. 
So when your horse races, you either want them to finish first, second, or third because you get paid if you finish in the top three, or you want them to finish in the bottom four because they lose points and they can actually move down in class. So when we race, the best horses are the ones that can finish first and last and never finish in the middle. This is the first thing about any of this that you have said that makes sense in that you love a model of you either win or you finish last. So I get that. I understand that. Um, uh, these friends of yours, I'm still focused on this. These these friends of yours, are they NFTs? Uh, no, I wish because then I would have 100% of this and that $3,700 would all be mine instead of having to share it five ways. But no, they are real and unfortunately have a share in this. Do they have uh, significant others? Uh, yeah, all but one of them, I think. Yes, all but one of them do. Okay, and, and the one of them who does not, I assume, is the one who does all the heavy lifting on this? No, he does like the least. He's trying to get a significant I, other. I, so I see. He's just, I see. He's out there trying to find somebody to be his significant other while all of you are trying to avoid your significant others. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I would say I probably put in the second most amount of work into this. Our majority owner... He does it. He does probably the most, and I probably put in the second most. I deserve a bigger. What would share. you stop for a second? What would you define as puts work in? Like we, like I have watched, I have watched an HBO Real Sports special on actual horse breeding, and oh my god, I had no idea how much work went into it and how much coercion of animals that uh, that has to be done. Are you out there like performing digital animal husbandry? Are you like convincing? Are you convincing horses to breed with each other? Uh, yes, to, a, to an extent. So the way it works is if you have a male horse, you put him in the stud farm when he's available to be bred, and anyone who has a filly can go into the stud farm and pick your horse. Like any, You can just pick any horse that is in the stud farm. So when, like at one point, breeding was shut down because they had some issues with it. When they reopened breeding, it was like a frenzy of trying to find horses that were good enough to breed, so when breeding's available, you're in there looking at all the horses that are available, and you can look at their stats. Like, you can look and see how many times they win, how many times they come in second, third, or how many times they come in last. You can see what their odds are for every race. It's, it's great, and that's you can pick a horse to breed based on that. Basically, what you just described is what the world went through during COVID with dating where like it was shut down for a while there were some issues and then when it opened up again it's like everybody's trying to find somebody out there and your standards <laughs> clearly drop because you're just trying to find somebody out there because you've been locked down for so long yeah no but yeah that's that's what it is a lot of research goes into it because like when we breed horses we got to figure out okay how much should we sell them for and you got to go look and see what recent horses have sold for and what other people are listing their horses for that are comparable to yours so you know what's a reasonable price to accept or what's a price you should laugh off if somebody offers something way too low. A lot of research goes into this. Who in your friend group first proposed this? Uh, the majority owner. He's the one that was like, hey, I'm going to buy a horse for $900. And I said, I want in on it. And then three more of us said, yeah, let's do this. What was your initial investment? Uh, we the the problem here is that the majority owner owns sixty percent, and the rest of us only have ten percent. Oh, oh, hold the phone! So you put the second most work into this, I'm but currently, screwed. yes, totally, you're sitting screwed. on a profit of what, maybe maybe three hundred bucks? Uh yeah, my nine hundred would have turned ninety would have turned into three hundred and seventy dollars. 
you have invested all of this time in digital horses for $370. Yeah, oh, it's great, though. I don't regret a minute of it. I wouldn't regret if a minute anyone of it. Had if, come to, if anyone, anyone had come to me with this, I would have expected it to be Jared, not you. Oh, but here, okay, here's the other part. You say the $370. Our stable of 21 horses is estimated at fourteen dollars to $15,000. So if we sold off our entire thing here, we would be up close to $20,000 in total. Of which you would get roughly 10%. Yeah, $2,000 after $90. That's a great return on investment. Adam, in what world do you think I could get enough people together that could have $900? You have a family that you buy Brock Osweiler jerseys for. If they're willing to do that with you, then I assume... That they would get in on fake horses with you. Yeah, and that was a $7 expense that I regretted later because I was like, dang, I can't afford groceries. Yeah, I don't regret a minute of this. Hey, if you had bought a fake horse, you could have $3,700 and buy a lot of groceries. Coming up next is J.R. Starkus, who, by the way, Adam, is a big fan of our fake horse racing. Ready for the weekend? It's like I picked the wrong week to quit drinking. Let's find out what's on tap with J.R. Starkus. Champagne. Perfume going in, sewage coming out. Southern Glazers Wine and Spirits account executive J.R. Starkus is here. Thanks to Liquor World as well. J.R., how are you? I'm doing well. Good morning, guys. I have to say, um, it's a, it, it not only is Ed's reporting epic, but uh, if, his bar, <laughs> if his bar is beating me, uh, uh, my segment on Thursdays, and he set an all-time new low standard for trying to beat somebody <laughs> with uh, the reporting. That's it. Um, what have What have you watched in the Olympics? Uh, I have watched some swimming. I have watched some gymnastics. Um, I'm fascinated by men's gymnastics because those guys look like they're in fast forward all the time. It's incredible, like to see what they do <laughs> with their body off of the off of that bar like this. It looks like they're trying to throw themselves off the thing, right? And, like, they keep sticking to it. Um, I have watched... Um, I think... I feel like that's about... it. There, I mean, every once in a while, like, the rando stuff comes on. They don't really care about, like, beach volleyball or something like that. For me, I just, like, uh, click off. Um, I really like track and field when that comes on. Um, so I'll, I'll definitely watch track and field when, when some of that comes about because um, I find... Those odd sports like hammer throw and discus very interesting for whatever reason. That so wait, will, that's what you're in, not the actual running and sprinting, the hammer throw. No, I like the running and sprinting too. That's that's oh. cool. Obviously, those are like the the showcase pieces. But I, I don't know. I just find that like pushing this you know ball that's heavy uh, as far as you can from your neck is just <laughs> I don't know for whatever reason it's interesting to me. Do wait, do we know who invented shot put? Like, how did that become a sport where I, I can understand, hey, let's see who can throw the heavy ball the farthest, but who came up with place it into your neck and chuck it that way? Right. Why do I have to throw it that way? Why can't I, like, just two-hand throw it like a soccer ball over my head or something if I want to do it that huh. way? Whatever's the strongest version for you. Yeah, that's that's a strange sport. That's a, or that's a strange technique that is required in a sport there. Are you going to watch any Olympic baseball? Um, I will watch baseball if I catch it. I won't seek it out. I won't like, you know, because it'll most likely, like you were talking about the other day, it'll have to be some weird website that I have to go to and find 14 different links to see the game. <laughs> so I won't do that. But if it's on, I will watch it. Um, and I will probably watch, I mean, obviously USA takes precedent, but if there's like some weird, you know, Korea versus Iran game on, I might, I might, I might watch that too for whatever reason. 
just to see what that, what's what's out there. I like that type of stuff. Uh, are you hoping the Red Sox make any moves at the trade deadline? You know, I mean, sometimes you say to yourself, you know, if it ain't broke, um, they'll they'll do something. I'm sure they will um, because everybody feels they'll feel like because of Joey Votto that they'll have to do something to come back to Yankees. And um, and then they'll make a decision. It'll probably be a poor one. Um, so I hope they don't do anything. They'll probably do something though. I, I, I but I'm hoping they don't do a thing. Trade back just, for like, David Price. Well, yeah, perfect. Uh, you know they'll probably some like somehow they'll trade for Trevor Bauer. Oh Jesus! <laughs> All right. Like well, he's going to be on the injured reserve for the uh, remainder of the season, but we got him for next. Perfect. What we give up for that? All right, Jr. What are you making us today? So. August 3rd is National Watermelon Day, and I love watermelon. Um, it, it's, it's one of my favorite fruits for the summertime, um, so I wanted to do a drink with watermelon. But if you go to the store right now, uh, you can find yellow watermelon. And yellow watermelon is kind of like a slightly sweeter, slightly hun- more honey-like version of red watermelon. And it's not available all the time, but if you can find it, I highly recommend it. It's, it's, you, know, you cut it open. It looks just like a regular watermelon. You cut it open, and it's bright yellow. Um, it's really, really great. I actually was introduced to yellow watermelon in 2012 when I was still working for Chef Moon and on the Strip, um, and I w- entered a cocktail competition. I did a drink with it, and I was uh, up for uh, bartender of the year, and I had a competition in where we wind up going, St. Martin. I was flown to St. Martin to compete uh, against other competitors, 12 other competitors from across the globe. And um, so I, I became a fan of yellow watermelon then, and so I noticed it in the store the other day, and I was like, oh, perfect, I'll, I'll use this. Uh, so I wanted to introduce the listener to something new, so I highly recommend yellow watermelon. And the drink that I'm going to do is going to incorporate a little bit of absolute watermelon, some Domaine de Canton, which is a ginger liqueur with hints of uh, vanilla as well. It's a cognac base liqueur. Uh, some lemon sour mint, yellow watermelon, of course, and then some Fever Tree sparkling lemon soda. So the drink is, is, is fairly simple. You're going to take, you know, if you like mint, you know, you can add more. If you don't like it as much, you can, you can remove it altogether or add less. But six to ten or eight to ten mint leaves um, in the bottom of like a large, like a pint glass or a double old-fashioned glass or something that's a little bit bigger with more volume. You don't want to use a smaller rocks glass because this drink with the watermelon and the other ingredients um, will just take up too much volume in the glass. So, um Put the 8 to 10 mint leaves in your glass that you're going to be drinking out of and just give it a light muddle, right? You don't need to do too much to it. Just break up the oil so you can smell it. It's called the dry muddle because we're not using anything else there. We're going we're gonna to muddle in the glass that we're going to drink out of eventually, and we're just going to put it aside. Then we're going to use our mixing tin, um, and we're going to add the same thing, about 8 to 10 yellow mint or yellow mint, yellow watermelon cubes. Um, and those cubes can be, you know, call it three-quarter size, three-quarter of an inch size or half-inch size. It really whatever you want, but um, you add that to the mixing tin with one ounce of fresh lemon sour and give that a little muddle. Now, you don't need to muddle it too much. You just really kind of need to break it up into what would almost look like, a, for lack of a better description, a mush <laughs> in your mixing tin. Uh, you don't need to do too much. You're just trying to start the process of breaking it up because when we put all these ingredients together and we shake, we're going to be using the same ice that we shook with in the final product. So you don't need to do too much. After you add the lemon sour and the watermelon, um, you're going to add three-quarter ounces of Domaine de Canton ginger and an ounce and a half of absolute watermelon. The absolute watermelon will is a vodka, and then of course it will um, accent to help to push up the flavors of the watermelon in the final beverage, which is exactly what we're looking for. Take all those ingredients, shake it with ice, 
right? Now, you don't need the shake too long because, like I mentioned, you're going to use this in the final drink, and we don't want to over-dilute the cocktail. So give it a good hard shake for like three to four seconds maximum. That's it. Um, once you pull, uh, separate the two tins, uh, put about an ounce and a half to two ounces of the Fever Tree Sparkling Lemon Soda on there or in there, and then pour the entire contents, watermelon chunks, all these special ingredients, everything over the freshly muddled mint that you did in the original glass. Um, garnish it with a piece of mint and enjoy a beautiful cocktail. I called it the fancy yellow. The fancy yellow. Am I the moron that did not know there was such a thing as yellow watermelon? No, I think there's a lot of people that don't know there's a such thing as yellow watermelon. There's a lot of really cool fruits out there that um, that a lot of people don't know exist, but if you find them in the store, you can. You ever heard of cotton candy grapes? Yes, I have. Those are very cotton good. candy grapes are like the greatest thing on earth. Yeah, right. Um, so there's a bunch of different little like offshoot things out there, um, but no, the yellow watermelon does exist. It's it's available. Uh, you know, I I got mine at Smith's, so it's not like I went to some specialty food store or anything like that. Um, they're they're smaller usually, I and mean, then you can get them in the larger size too. They're seedless, but the one I bought was a you know, a small one that's, you know, like maybe the size of a softball and a half, two softball size, you know, um, personal watermelon, if you will. And uh, you, they're, they're, they're relatively inexpensive. There's, you know, just maybe a, a, a touch more than a regular watermelon, but that, that's about it. But they're delicious. Highly recommend them. Um, if, if you can't find yellow watermelon in the store, you can certainly substitute in your regular red watermelon. That's fine. Um, and, and the drink will still taste great. But, you know, National Watermelon Day, I wanted to just do a drink surrounded by watermelon. Watermelon and mint are perfect together, especially for warmer weather. I googled yellow watermelon, and if I, it's literally just watermelon, but instead of the red inside, it's yellow. If I <laughs> yeah. had bought a watermelon and cut it open and it was yellow on the inside, I would think there was something wrong with it. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I would have thrown I, it away. I did, I did, I did a drink uh, several years ago for a customer, and I used white cranberry juice, and they were like astonished that cranberry juice could be white. And, uh, you know, and, uh, and they had never seen it. They're like, no, it's red. I'm like, well, this is the white cranberry juice version. I don't, you know, I, I don't want the red in the drink. I want, the, I want it to be more clear. Well, and they're, they were like, I didn't know there was a such thing. Where do you find this? I said, uh, Smith's, Walmart, Target. <laughs> it's like anywhere you go, pretty much you can find it. But, yeah, you know, this is, there's these cool little variations out there. Yellow watermelon is delicious. So all the drinks JR makes for us, he posts the video up on uh, JR Makes Drinks on Instagram. So check it out there. Uh, again, JR Starkus, key account executive with Southern Glaciers Wine and Spirits. Thanks to Liquor World as well. JR, we appreciate your time this morning. You got it. Take care, guys. Talk to you next week. Every time on that segment, we just got, like, at least once during that segment, we learned something new. Did you know about no, yellow what? watermelon? Okay. All right. I don't, I, eat, I don't eat watermelon. Like, watermelon's like the fruit that well, I'm. Like I will literally throw away if if like I accidentally buy the wrong pack of Starburst, I will collect all the watermelon ones and throw them away. <laughs> that's just the flavor. That's not I love watermelon. Like I, I love watermelon. Yeah, I have you're never, from Mississippi. I've never heard of yellow watermelon. Not once have I heard of it. And I don't even think it's real. I, I Googled it and I still don't think it's real. JR told us about it, but whatever. All right, coming up next. What are we doing next? Hopefully Adam has more questions about my fake horses. Yeah, that's definitely something I thought about. You know, I talked about how important being a full-timer was for a, lo- a long time. This was the first time to, to spend the off-season away without a COVID year or a lockout year. Um, and I enjoyed it. You know, I really did. I, I took time working on myself and trying to 
to better myself in a number of areas where I feel like I could improve based on my own patterns and conditioning. And it was a lot of a lot of growth in that process. I continued to find joy and happiness and things off the field. Uh, however, there's still a big competitive hole in my body that I need to fill. And as I got back into my workouts, um, I just realized that I know I can still play and I want to still play. And as long as I feel like I can give 100% to the team, then I should still play. Adam, in about three to four hours, one of my fake horses is going to run. Do you want me to send you the link when uh, she's racing? I actually strangely do. <laughs> see? You're going to be you're going to be hooked as soon as you Ooh, see it. Okay. Adam, you may get this reference cuz no one else no one else has. Have you ever seen Tron? I have. That's a pretty good preview of what you're about to watch with the fake fake horses. Okay. All right. We're talking about original Tron here, right? I mean, all right, either way. Yeah, Whatever. Yeah, I mean it's not it, Sort of, yes. Spe- uh, Atari okay. is a sponsor. Speaking of fake races, um, there are reports today out of Saints camp guys that Taysom Hill is taking first team reps. Yeah. Um, this, this appears to be a, a fake race for a quarterback position because it's it's going to end with Taysom Hill, isn't it? <laughs> it like I... Sean Payton is going to carry this troll just as far as he can. Poor Jameis Winston. There's, I don't know. Like he's gonna end up taking snaps, but what? It, like, what are you doing with Jason Winston or J- Jameis Winston then? Like, surely they've got to actually realize that. Oh, during the playoffs, who did they bring in to throw the pass down the field? Because Drew Brees couldn't do it either. Oh, it was Jameis Winston. Like, surely they're gonna realize they're gonna have to throw the ball more than five yards down the field to win a game. Do you think that now that Michael Thomas is gonna miss the first few weeks of the season? that Sean Payton has just said, F it, we're tanking. And that's why we're seeing Taysom Hill taking first-team reps. No, because he thinks Taysom Hill's good, doesn't he? I don't know. I'm trying to come up with a reason that I believe here. Um, but, yeah, uh, you know, all Jameis Winston did was lead the league in yards in 2019, and here he's trying to battle against Taysom, Taysom Hill. I just I can't get this. <laughs> I mean, listen, I didn't get it last year when they started Taysom Hill over Jameis Winston in the season. Like they made this, they've made this choice before, and it's going to make no sense when they make the same choice again, and they can't figure out why they can't get past thirteen points in a game. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now are minus one seventy-five to win the NFC South. Bruce Arians could play quarterback, and they would win the NFC South. <laughs> there is not another team in this that division that is even remotely a threat to them. Um. You don't trust right. Matt Rule and the Panthers? Yeah, they maybe might, in a year or two. They, they might run the fullback dive on fourth and one with the game on the line again. Ah, you mean speaking of the Raiders are eight and eight and they were only a couple of plays away from being <laughs> a ten and six? Right, exactly. They were, they were a fullback dive away from being having another loss. They, they were a Greg Williams away from having two. They were a Vic Fangio away from having three. <laughs> and yeah. not even Fangio, they... They should have lost the Chargers game. The, uh, yeah, I the didn't first even mention one. the Chargers game. They got dropped in the end zone. That's a great point. What a team. That is an absolute great point. That's what happens when you throw to your ninth string tight end. Just think, they were a few <sighs> games away. They were a few games away from having like a top five pick in the NFL draft. They blew it last year. 
This is true, and they could have picked another interior lineman. <laughs> no, no, they probably would have just picked the same people. Yes, they would have taken Alex Leatherwood at seven overall. Oh, by the way, uh, Greg Olson is doing his media availability. The uh, Raiders offensive coordinator right now said that uh, Alex Leatherwood has had, quote, very few mental mistakes and that he looks really good in shorts. <laughs> this is the worst time of year for the NFL. The worst. Like, there's off-season times where dumb stuff happens, and we did a lot of that this off-season, but this is the worst because this is all masquerading as, like, serious like analysis from coaches and media members. That's all useless. Looks really great in shorts. By the <laughs> way, I've never been described that way, unfortunately. I kind of wish oh. that maybe at some point that would happen. Oh, so that so if you had the tender profile, you would not be able to put looks great in shorts. No, 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 not at all. I can remember very clearly uh back when I was playing volleyball in high school, um, a kid who had transferred from our school to another school was standing up at the top of the bleachers heckling me as i was playing yelling hey who stole your muscles oh that's a good that's a good heckle i like that heckle i'm surprised nobody used that on me um were you any good at high school volleyball it wasn't terrible i mean we we did make it to the semifinals of the state tournament like we, we were all right like i mean we and we were in by the way the top division we were not playing in like the you know the the fake horse oh, relegation you division you couldn't tank your way down to like class 1a yeah that's that's tough on you so okay did you not like the sport enough to where like you want to watch olympic volleyball i actually do like watching uh, olympic volleyball i just have not been paying any attention to the olympics period and it's not like we're we've kind of reached the point where i'm i'm i almost want to keep the streak alive more than anything else like I, I could turn the Olympics on and could watch a little bit, but then I'm kind of like, but I have a perfect record going right now. now I'm not sure you, I want to. You just have not sure some, I want to break it up. You think my fake horses are weird, but you have some weird pride thing with yourself going on that you don't want to watch the Olympics because you haven't watched it yet. I'm not saying it's real. I'm just saying I'm starting to wonder if it's real. Like it's it's starting to this little niggling feeling is starting to develop in me that I'm I'm, I'm not sure about. Um, let me, let me switch to something that's a little bit more germane to right here and right now. Um, we already saw one Las Vegas superstar get traded in Joey Gallo. Uh, is Chris Bryant next? The Cubs have sat him and Anthony Rizzo today. Um, I would mix. I mean, the Cubs tore everything down. Like, what? The Cubs had like four straight years where they traded every possible asset they had before they finally got good and won the World Series. So... It would make sense for them to do that again, right? I mean, it wouldn't make a lot of sense to just hold on to everybody they have. Cubs fans out there, we want to hear from you. Uh, we want to know if you feel more comfortable being back in the role you're much more familiar and comfortable with. <laughs> does this feel better to you? Because it's kind of like Red yes. Sox fans. Yes, like, it does Red Sox feel fans better. have no idea what to do with the fact that they're a winning team. They still chant Yankees suck. And you're like, no, no, no. You've won three World Series. Let it go. They're like, nope, nope. Uh, Adam. I appreciate you being on the last two days. I'm going to leave you with a parting gift. Please go on Twitter and find the bullpen cart that they are using for baseball in the Olympics. You'll appreciate that.